Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. You know, I want to say that these shows are archived, so they're evergreen, and you can hear them forever. But right now, we're going through a very difficult time in our country, health-wise, and so I'm going to state the year and the date. No matter when you listen to this, it will be helpful. Um, This is now March of 2020. And we are going through a pandemic of the coronavirus. And I have with me a wonderful expert whose book is called Your Body in Balance, The New Science of Food, Hormones, and Health. And my guest today is Dr. Neil Barnard. Dr. Barnard is president of the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, a faculty member of George Washington University School of Medicine, and a fellow fellow of the American College of Cardiology. In 2006, he founded Barnard Medical Center in Washington, D.C. to create a new model that integrates nutrition into conventional medical care. His federally funded diabetes research revolutionized the nutritional approaches to type 2 diabetes, and he now aims to empower readers with life-changing information on hormones and health, and he's written 19 books on nutrition and health. And, you know, we, we scheduled this interview a while ago, but I said to Dr. Barnard, you know, since we're really grappling with this pandemic of the coronavirus and there's so much fear, uh, you know, I asked if, if he would certainly address that when it comes to keeping our body in balance. Welcome, Dr. Neil Barnard. Thank you. It's great to be with you. Yeah, thank you. All right, so let's look at that big elephant in the room, the coronavirus. Now, I know you have practical tips and you have 65 hormone balancing recipes in your book, but how does the nutritional part, how does that fit into protecting ourselves against the virus? When, you know, we could just, we could be eating well and then somebody could sneeze on us and we could get it. So explain that. Yes. Yes. Well, certainly we do want to practice good hygiene. Uh, That means uh, this word that everyone has learned, social distancing, um, and a word that everybody has known all their lives, that's hand washing. Um, These things are as important as ever because they diminish exposures. But many people are also thinking, well... I could get exposed anyway. Um, Is there something more that I can do? And that something more might be food. Uh, Researchers have been looking for a long time in how foods affect our immunity. There are certain things that can interfere with our immunity, and there are certain things that can can boost it. And if we know which is which, uh, we can defend ourselves. So what you're saying is that even if, let's say, you got the virus, if your immune system is stronger, you'll be able to fight it off quicker, Yes. That's what we are hoping. Um, researchers have been looking at this in a variety of ways. Uh, the first is what we've been talking about, viruses, your immunity to viral um, invaders. The, the other uh, area is your immunity to cells that uh, arise in your own bodies, abnormal cells, cancer mm. cells. And mm. it does our, it does, is our immune system able to recognize them and knock them out? So there's been a lot of research here. I have to say um, we need more research, but there are a few things that we can say. Number one, um, first of all, what immunity is. Immunity is embodied in your bloodstream. If you took a blood sample out of your arm, uh, the cells that you could see under a microscope are red blood cells. They carry oxygen. Mm -hmm. But amongst them are white blood cells. And the white blood cells 
are the soldiers. They are your, they are your immune defenses. They find viruses and they, they can actually swallow them and destroy them. They can also mm-hmm. produce antibodies, which are like bullets that they send out to destroy viruses or bacteria or abnormal cells in the body. So if your white blood cells are strong, then your immunity is going to be strong. If they are weak, they're not going to be able to defend you. And so mm-hmm. researchers have been looking in test tube studies and in live human beings, which foods seem to help, which foods seem to hurt. Uh, the things that seem to help are vitamin-rich foods. That's uh, vegetables, fruits in particular. I would include beans and whole grains as well. Um, in that group, uh, the antioxidants are what provide the color to a carrot or a tomato. Those brightly colored uh, foods have antioxidants that strengthen the immune system. And in the negative category are um, fatty foods. Um, White blood cells cannot work in an oil slick. So if you're eating cheese, meat, fried foods, and greasy things, um, that interferes with white blood cells function. Mm -hmm. So so anyway, that's, uh, that's a start. Yeah, so it, the fatty foods can weaken us is what you're saying. It, it, they appear to be able to interfere with, with white blood cell function. In fact, there's a specialized white blood cell called a natural killer cell. Its, it's name says it all. It's, um, these white blood cells shoot first and ask questions later. If they see an invader, mm. they kill it. Um, mm. But researchers have looked at people following different kinds of diets, and the people who had the strongest natural killer cell activity the best defense, happen to be people who followed plant-based diets, people who avoided animal products. Um, and so what are they getting? They're eating lots of vegetables, lots of fruits, lots of beans and grains. They're getting lots of vitamins, lots of fiber. They're not getting that animal fat that would weaken the white blood cells. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look at Dan Buettner's studies, correct, who's to an explorer, National Geographic, who's traveled around the world and looks at the people in five cultures that have lived the longest and are healthiest, they eat a plant-based diet. That, that's right. To one degree or another, they all have that in common. Um, and in some cases, they, are, um, they include some meat. Um, in, in one other case, uh, in the, the, the only blue zone in America, meaning people who live to be 100 um, more frequently, it's in Loma Linda, California. And that's yep. only because there are Seventh-day Adventists who live there. Mm-hmm. And um, Seventh-day Adventists are extremely health-conscious, non-smoking teetotalers uh, for the most part. But among the Adventists, the ones who do the best are the people who are vegetarians and vegans in particular. Um, the meat-eaters among them don't do quite as well. So, so the idea of having a more plant-based diet is a really good idea. And, and the more plant-based it is, um, the better off you're going to be. Yeah, yeah, amazing. So what you're saying is that anything that we can do to strengthen our body, to strengthen our mind, to strengthen our body, our mind, our nutritional system is going to help to protect us. That doesn't mean we may not get sick or we may not get a virus, correct? But it it makes us stronger to be able to combat it. Yes, um, you, you still, as I said in the beginning, you still want to practice good hygiene because let's say you do have a, a pretty good immunity. That, that means to a degree that you can knock out um, 
an invader more effectively than somebody else. But if the dose of invading germs that you get is smaller because you're hand-washing, um, then, it then it's easier on your immune system. Let me add one other thing, and that's sleep. Um, oh, it's yes. uh, surpri surprising to people, but it turns out that people who, um, who are up all night or who are not sleeping very much, um, they tend to have poorer immunity. A study looked at people who slept for fewer than five hours a night they were substantially more likely to, to get a cold than people who slept more. And that could really be for a couple of reasons. One is that sleeplessness runs down your body generally, including your immune system. The other thing is when you're awake, you are more likely to have a grilled cheese sandwich <laughs> and, mm -hmm. or ice cream or, or junk food. When you're asleep, you're, you're not going to reach for unhealthy food. So these, these things go hand in You're right, but hand. isn't also your body repairing itself when you sleep? Oh, yes. Um, uh, the, the body, uh, I guess people are familiar with this when you've um, done something athletic, maybe when you were a kid or when you were an adult. Um, you would tend generally sleep better that night because your body demands sleep so that the muscles and ligaments can, can repair. Um, your brain is the, is the same way. Um, if you've been very active during the day, it's at night when the, all the thoughts and memories and uh, experiences you've had are filed away. If you're not asleep, these these repair mechanisms are delayed, and that's a problem. What about people who are traveling and get their you know their sleep rhythms um, disturbed? What do you say to them? Um, a lot has been written on this, and and there are people who recommend various strategies, like the use of melatonin or the judicious use of caffeine to help people adjust. Um, I have to say, I think that whatever you do, um, it's important to make sure that you do plan good sleep and good eating habits um, along the way. There's sometimes a tendency when we're on vacation or on business travel to throw caution to the wind and think, yeah. this is the time I'm going to live it up. Um, yeah. It. From my standpoint, it's kind of good to have it be the opposite. Enjoy the travel, enjoy the trip, enjoy the sights and the sounds of whatever you're doing, but treat your body as, mm. as well as you possibly can. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a quick break. My guest is Dr. Neil Barnard, and he's a New York Times bestselling author and MD. He's written 19 books. He's really an expert in his field. His newest book is Your Body and Balance, the New Science of Food, Hormones, and Health. When we come back, we're going to talk more about balancing your thyroid, also about how can you regulate your metabolism, we'll talk about plant-based food, and also um, on thyroid, what the effects of diet can do on hypothyroidism and hyperthyroidism, which is very common. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice, and we'll be right back after the break with Dr. Neil Barnard to talk about food and your body in balance and how we can help it. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input, too. 
Listen for Bravehearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you looking for a fun yet informative program about health care for your pet? Check out Awesome Woo Woo Holistic Vet Advice with Dr. Jim and Kristen Carlson. They look into natural health alternatives for ourselves, so why not our pets? This program provides the most up-to-date, accurate, and innovative information about traditional and holistic veterinary medicine. You'll find a ton of answers regarding your pet's health every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone. We are back, and we are talking to Dr. Neil Barnard whose brand new book is Your Body in Balance, The New Science of Food, Hormones, and Health. Dr. Barnard is a New York Times bestselling author. He's written 19 books on nutrition and health, and he's president of the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine and a faculty member of George Washington University School of Medicine and a fellow of the American College of Cardiology. And in 2016, he founded Barnard Medical Center in Washington, D.C., and he's created a new model that integrates nutrition into conventional medical care. Welcome back, Dr. Barnard. Thank you. All right, so here's my question. I want to talk about, because you talk a lot about metabolism, regulating it, and balancing the thyroid. Why does our metabolism fluctuate, and why do we have so much issues with thyroid that we have to regulate it and go up and down? You know, so many people, they, they, they don't know what the thyroid is. They couldn't spot it on their body if they tried. But they're, 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 you know, it's not the thyroid's fault. It's a very self-effacing or, or, organ. It's at the base of your neck, and it regulates all kinds of stuff. So you get up in the morning, and you're sluggish, and you're tired, and you're kind of fatigued. Um, and you're, over the several months or years, you're gaining weight, and you think, I'm not really eating differently. What's, what's going on? And you look in the mirror and your skin doesn't look good and your hair doesn't seem right, kind of dry and brittle. Um, you go to the doctor and the doctor says, well, these are all kind of vague symptoms, but I think I know what could be the problem. And does a blood test and says, ha-ha, you are low in thyroid hormone. The, mm-hmm. the thyroid gland at your neck makes thyroid hormone that goes to all the cells of the body and gives them energy. And if you're low in thyroid hormone, you're not going to have energy. And that's where foods come in. It turns out that iodine is this sort of unsung hero. If you don't have iodine in your diet, you can't make any thyroid hormone. Um, it's in iodized salt, 
but a lot of people nowadays are using sea salt or Himalayan right. salt or kosher salt that may not have the iodine in it. So suddenly they're waking up in the morning feeling crummy um, because they're not getting iodine. Uh, but my secret source of iodine is actually sea vegetables. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you're at, you're at a sushi bar, the, the, the nori green seaweed that, that sushi is wrapped in. That's, that's seaweed. So don't have fish sushi unless you're very well insured, but have the cucumber <laughs> roll or the asparagus roll or the sweet potato roll or something like that. You'll get plenty of iodine. Um, it's, it's in all sea vegetables, and, and that's the, the best source for people who are not using iodized salt. Yeah. Yeah, sea vegetables I have taken, and I have found them so helpful. In fact, it really has helped my thyroid in, in being they tested. Do. They do. And, the, and there's one other thing. Um, researchers uh, have, have dug around. Earlier I mentioned Seventh-day Adventists. They have been studied for the thyroid also. And the reason they've been studied is they're almost all teetotalers and non-smokers. Um, however, some of them eat meat. Some of them don't eat meat, but they do drink milk and have dairy products. Some of them don't do any of those things. So researchers compare. And what they found was the reason they've looked is because they felt that it could be that the diet they're choosing affects the thyroid. Specifically, uh, what if food proteins, certain proteins from the food you're eating, come into the body and the body thinks of them as foreign bodies, like a virus. And so your white blood cells make antibodies to attack them, and these antibodies end up destroying your own thyroid gland or attacking your thyroid gland. Um, that seems to be happening. This is called, called an autoimmune reaction. And most cases of hypothyroidism are actually due to an autoimmune uh, phenomenon. So researchers looked at the Adventists. And bingo. They found that those people who did not consume dairy products or meat had the least risk of hypothyroidism. Those people who consumed a lot of dairy had the most risk. And then they looked at people, people who ate meat and dairy, both, and they were at also higher risk for hyperthyroidism. And what we mm-hmm. think is happening in both cases is that the foods are triggering the release of antibodies that are attacking the thyroid. What's your feeling about organic meats like organic chicken, even organic beef? Um, what's your feeling about that? I think you should feed them to your organic cat um, because your cat is a carnivore and you are not. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it, it makes sense to get away from chemicals, but it's the meat itself that's a problem, the, just the way the cow produced it. Um, okay, how about fish? Have, fish is different, correct? Um, a little bit different. It's, it's still a muscle tissue that you're eating, but the muscle in a fish is a little bit different from the muscle in a chicken or a cow, um, which is it's slightly higher in omega-3 fatty acids, which are the good fatty acids. The mm-hmm. problem is that they still have a lot of the bad fatty acids too. It's really a mixture. So in the Adventist population, the people who are what I'm going to call a pescatarian, they don't eat any meat except for fish. They're sort of halfway between the meat eaters and the vegans with regard to their weight or their diabetes risk. They're sort of halfway between the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is so important. So um, that's really talking about our metabolism and also, as you said, the hypothyroid and hyperthyroidism. And what you're saying is if we eat a more balanced diet, more plant-based, more in the middle of the road, as we used to say in macrobiotics, right in the middle of the circle, that, that that's going to help us stay more centered. I think that's um, what you're saying. Yes. 
Yes, and we found out something else, actually. We, all, we recently did a study where we brought in people who were not following anything like a plant-based diet. Uh, they were eating, you know, usual stuff, pizza and burgers and shrimp cocktail, whatever people eat. And what we did is we asked them to switch to a completely plant-based diet for a period of time. And okay. what we discovered was uh, really quite amazing. Their metabolism improved, but specifically in the after-meal period. Uh, what I mean is, after you eat a meal, your metabolism always increases a bit. Uh, that's because you're absorbing nutrients and you're digesting them. But after people had been on a completely vegan diet, a completely plant-based diet, um, their metabolism after meals increased even more. Um, mm-hmm. And we think it's because you're getting away from the greasy foods and that allows your cells to metabolize more rapidly. So what that means is that weight loss is easier to maintain, which is a real gift for many people. Yeah, I have found too when I eat just the vegan or the more plant-based that my digestion feels better. I'm more regulated. Uh-huh. Yeah, I have found oh, that. Oh, yes. So. yes, 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 for, for lots of reasons. Plants have fiber. Animal products don't have any fiber. Um, plant products never have lactose sugar, the one that upsets a lot of people's digestion. So um, there's, there's still other things you can do. Make sure that you cook beans appropriately as opposed to having them a little too crunchy. <laughs> you know, there, there are other ways of goofing up your metabolism. I mean, your, your digestion. But, but uh, yeah, plant-based diet is great from, for that standpoint. Well, you know, it's interesting because the, I remember when I interviewed you probably a year or so ago on your book, um, The Cheese Trap. And you were talking about how, you know, people, you were helping people, your patients lose weight, and they could get off of most things, but it was very hard for them to get off of cheese. And that cheese is, has much more saturated fat than regular dairy, such as milk. And you talked about how difficult that was. And I thought you might mention that to now. It was uh, very interesting to me. I've passed that on to several people. We've seen it again and again that uh, in research studies where we've brought in thousands of people and to change their diets and so forth, the, the food that people really have the most trouble giving up seems to be cheese. And we thought, what's that about? And part of it is because there's a surprising amount of fat in cheese. It's about 70% of the calories. Mm. Um, there's also a lot of salt in it, and uh, it's used in the processing. There's more salt in cheese than there is in potato chips, ounce per ounce. Mm. But... But the real reason I think that people get hooked on cheese will surprise people. If you send, is the uh, fat? Uh, nope. The, 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 well, the fat and the salt are part of it. But the, I think the real thing is what are called casomorphins. If you send some cheese to a laboratory, they would tell you that it has morphine-like compounds in it. I, I mean wow. compounds that are, that are in I fact narcotics. That. Yeah, mm. uh, the, they come from the casein protein in the cheese. They break apart, it breaks apart in your digestive tract, and the, the casomorphins go to the brain and attach to the very same receptors that narcotics are attached to. They're Isn't not as strong, but they're strong, strong enough to keep you hooked. Wow. Now, when you say it's high in fat, would that be saturated fat? Yes, that's the, that's the biggie in cheese. And in fact, the dairy products are the biggest source of saturated fat. The reason that's a problem is that that's the one that raises cholesterol and is linked to Alzheimer's disease. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, I have to tell you, I recently found a vegan cheese that I really love. So, I mean, they're out there. They're not always that easy to find, but there are some good alternatives out there. In, um, in the there, are, there, there are, and I would suggest choosing those that don't use coconut or palm oil um, and uh, those that are lowest in saturated fat. And, and use, them, use them as kind of a nibble food, a party food, as opposed to a daily food group. 
Why do you say no? Co- why not coconut oil? Why? Um, because it's almost as bad as butter. I'm sorry oh. to say. Uh, co- yeah, coconut oil. It's heavily marketed these days. Um, however, it's very high in saturated fat, and and it won't raise your cholesterol quite as much as butter, but it's close. Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. I, I know I'm breaking I'm breaking people's hearts. But uh, use use the coconut oil to slick back your hair and shine your shoes, but don't swallow it. Mm. Some people gargle with it, you know, um, in the morning. It's called oil pulling to help them get rid of the bacteria from the night before. People do all kinds of stuff. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to come back after the break and talk to Dr. Neil Barnard, MD. His new book is Your Body in Balance, The New Science of Food, Hormones, and Health. And Dr. Barnard is president of the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine and a faculty member of the George Washington University School of Medicine and a fellow of the American Cardiology. He has written 19 books and is a New York, he is a New York Times bestselling author. So when we come back, we're going to talk more about food and we'll talk about sex hormone related cancers. We'll talk about um, diabetes too. And we also today will talk about fertility and menopause. And so what are the foods and what are the science behind this? And how can, how can uh, what we eat really help us with all of this? You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. We'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you're a pet owner, you know there's a special connection between us and our pets. They are part of the family. The owners of special breeds also understand the important roles they play. Tune in for Greyhounds Make Great Pets to find out more about one special breed. Hosted by Rory and Kathy Goray, along with TJ Beter, we'll focus on greyhounds, but we'll also cover topics that apply to any pet owner, like animal welfare issues, racing, and more. Listen live Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. 
You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back. And my guest for the whole hour is Dr. Neil Barnard. His brand new book is Your Body in Balance, The New Science of Food, Hormones, and Health. Dr. Barnard is a New York Times bestselling author. This book has menus and recipes also by Lindsay Nixon to can really help keep your body in balance. And there are many, um, if you see the back of his book, there are many wonderful testimonials about this work. And Dr. Barnard is the president of the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, faculty member of the George Washington University School of Medicine, and a fellow of the American College of Cardiology. He has a federally funded diabetes research program that has revolutionized the nutritional approach to diabetes, too. And he really helps our listeners and readers with life-changing information on hormones and health. And he's written 19 books. Welcome back, Dr. Barnard. Thank you. All right. So. Yeah, good. So we will talk about um, diabetes, but I first want to go into the whole um, sort of GYN cycle for women. You know, how, how foods affect the hormones that play a role, whether it's fertil- infertility or, infertil- or fertility itself or premenstrual syndrome or menstrual cramps, which so many women experience or polycystic ovarian system, um, syndrome, or endometriosis, any of those, um, you write in your book that a plant-based diet can help to manage them. So uh, from menopause to hot flashes. So please give us some wisdom on this, and particularly for women who are experiencing menstrual cramps, which is a very common complaint. You bet. We, we, we discovered this sort of accidentally. Um, I was sitting at my desk, and the phone rang, and it was a young woman who said she just couldn't get out of bed because she had such terrible cramps. And for maybe one in ten women, they are that bad that, you know, you just can barely function. Um, and that was her situation. And as she was talking, I, was, I remembered that research from years ago had looked at how to change the amount of estrogen in a woman's bloodstream by helping her change her diet. And the researchers at that time were looking at breast cancer. Uh, breast cancer is fueled by estrogens, the female sex hormones, and researchers had discovered that very high-fiber diets and very low-fat diets would help reduce hormone excesses. They, they, would, they would get estrogen back into the healthy range. And so I thought, okay, well, what's, what are menstrual cramps? In menstrual cramps, a woman has estrogen in her blood that's getting the uterus ready for pregnancy, and what it does is it thickens the inner lining of the uterus and if you have too much estrogen, then my, my guess, as she was talking to me on the phone, my educated guess was, oh, I'll bet you have extra estrogen that's thickening that inner lining of your uterus too much, and it's making the pain at the end of the month uh, accentuated because that thick inner lining produces pain-inducing chemicals called prostaglandins. So when, when she called me up, I said, okay, to get you through your current misery, let's give you some pretty heavy-duty painkillers so that you feel okay. But for the next month to try to prevent this, how about this? We're going to go high fiber, low fat. The best way to do it, completely plant-based diet. So everything you're eating has roughage, fi- fiber in it. So vegetables and fruits and beans and grains. Mm-hmm. Throw out the animal products because they don't have any fiber and they've got fat. 
and it was an absolute cure for her. She would, she, for the next several months, she wow. didn't have pain at all. So, but then I thought, well, that's just one person. We need to put it to the test. So Georgetown University's Department of OBGYN joined me in testing this in a large group of women, and it worked. And then in one of these, one of the women who was participating, she thought that she was infertile. And mm. it turned out in the course of changing her diet, she got pregnant. And so what we thought is, okay, she basically had hormone haywire going on. Her hormones were out of balance. We put her on a more natural diet with a lot of healthy fiber on it to bring down those hormone excesses, and we brought her back into balance. And then later, I saw her years later, she had three children. Um, Mm -hmm. She was feeling feeling great. So here's my point. Uh, Menstrual cramps or infertility, they, they won't kill you, but they can be really annoying. And if people have extra estrogen in their body, and they change their diet to bring their estrogen back into balance. That's a low-fat, completely plant-based diet. Not only will will their cramps be improved in most cases, and not only could it possibly affect their fertility, but it's going to reduce the risk of really serious things like breast cancer uh, that can happen uh, and are related to the very same hormonal excesses of the excess of estrogen. So are there any specific foods you would suggest for women during, during menstrual cramps? Any specific yes. fruits or vegetables? Um, well, yes, but I have to, to say that it doesn't work to just have them on the day your period starts. You, 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 what you have to do is eat them all month long um, because what happens is the amount of estrogen that's in a woman's blood is gradually increasing as the days go by, and it's getting the uterus ready for pregnancy. So, so the more estrogen you've got, the, the thicker the inner, inner lining of the uterus at the end of the month. So it's the foods that you're eating earlier that are the big problems. So once the pain hits, that's the time to go to the store and get some ibuprofen. Um, what you want to do is change your diet the, that whole time. So if a woman is listening to this and she's got bad cramps, just try an experiment. Take the next four weeks or, or maybe eight weeks. Do it for two cycles. No animal products at all. I'm going to make you mm-hmm. into a complete vegan and, com- and keep the oils really low. I want you to minimize oily foods. And if you do those two things, see how you feel. For many women, they lose weight, they feel better, their cholesterol falls, but it's a, it's, it cures their cramps. Um, and uh, every woman gets a different effect, but give it a try. Um, all the side effects are good ones. All right. So again, say it again. So all plant-based? All plant-based. Uh, no animal products at all. So you're eating lots of beans and vegetables and fruits and whole grains. So, so for breakfast, a big bowl of oatmeal or uh, with cinnamon and raisins. Or if you have cornflakes with cow's milk, put on some almond milk instead. Um, if if mm-hmm. lunch for you is a meat taco, have, have the bean burrito instead. Or if every day you're going to, to Subway and you're getting a, a chicken uh, sandwich or something, now instead try the veggie sandwich. They've got it. Keep the oils low. Mm-hmm. If you're going out for spaghetti at night, instead of the Alfredo greasy sauce, um, have the tomato sauce. Um, go easy on the oil and see how you do. All right. And that's good for anybody, not just for, for women with menstrual cramps. That's, that's good advice for anyone. It's good for men, too. Um, it's going to re- yeah. very likely reduce the risk of developing prostate cancer. Um, it's also going to help uh, reduce the risk of erectile dysfunction and maybe reduce uh, erectile mm. dysfunction for a man who has it because you know, this is the kind of diet that's used in programs to open up narrowed arteries, and that's the issue for erectile dysfunction. So 
grains, beans, vegetables, and fruits, do take vitamin B12. I encourage everybody, especially people on a vegan diet, to take vitamin B12. You need it for healthy nerves and healthy blood. Very good. So for men um, who may have erectile dysfunction, have you worked with men who have then gone on a plant-based diet, taken this recommendation, and has it improved their functioning in that area? Happens all the time. Um, and it's a surprise. Uh, men come in here because they've got diabetes or they want to lose weight. And so we'll change their diet for that reason. But after a couple months, a surprising number of men say, I got this big surprise. You know, I, they thought they were, that they had uh, permanent erectile dysfunction and they discovered that it improved or, or really went away um, um, with this diet change. And those are sex hormone related cancers, correct? Correct. I mean, prostate oh, yeah. isn't necessarily a cancer, but so the sex hormone ones would be prostate cancer, right? Breast cancer, uterine yes. cancer. Uh, yes, and cancer of the ovary for women as well. Mm-hmm. And all of these have links with food, and sometimes they're surprising. With uh, dairy products play um, a role. They've fallen under suspicion. This is true for prostate cancer. Um, it's also true for breast cancer. There was a big study came out about two weeks ago that looked at women consuming the most milk versus the least milk. The women consuming the most milk had 50 to 80% higher risk of developing breast cancer. Uh, And uh, we've seen it with prostate cancer too. In this case, it may not be the hormones. It might be. But it could also be that when you drink milk, your body makes a compound called IGF-1, insulin-like growth factor number one, which makes things grow. It makes cancer cells grow. And if you mix some IGF-1 with some prostate cancer cells in a test tube, they grow like crazy. The same will happen with breast cancer cells. So then um, let me so ask that, you, go, go ahead, but then I have such a question no, no, about no, women, ahead, who, women who are breastfeeding and have natural breast milk. I mean, is that, is that then good for the baby or is that very different? Oh, no, breast, breast milk is exactly what the baby should have because the, the baby is growing extremely rapidly. But nature has weaning. Weaning means you're not going to have milk anymore. And that's universal okay. across all mammals. But, um, but in dairying countries, um, people aren't weaned. They consume milk all their lives. And so we, if something is growing in you when you're an adult, that's not good. So no, babies should have milk from their own mother's breast. They never need milk from another animal. And you don't need milk after the age of weaning. Mm, okay, pretty amazing. Um, Dr. Barnard, how can people find you on your website? And do you give courses or lectures? Oh, well, thank you for asking. Our website is pcrm.org. That stands for Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, pcrm.org. And we have lots of things. Uh, we have um, lots of material online. We have in many communities, we have food for life instructors um, who teach according to the principles that we've elaborated. And as you mentioned, I've got lots of books out there that people will find on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and Target. And, and if they have a surviving bookstore in their community, they'll find them there too. Okay, wonderful. We're going to take a break, and when we come back in our last segment with Dr. Barnard, we're going to talk about type 2 diabetes and how a healthy plant-based diet can restore insulin function and help to manage type 2 diabetes, which is very common in our culture. So we'll talk about that next. And again, the, the book, my guest, is Dr. Neil Barnard, and he's a best-selling author. He's an MD. He's written 19 books. His newest book is Your Body in Balance, 
the new science of food, hormones, and health. And we'll be right back with Dr. Barnard right after the break. Stay tuned. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Have you ever experienced the joy of living? Not just aspects of your life, but the true joy of life itself. Barry Shore has. You could call him an ambassador of joy. From a successful entrepreneur to becoming a quadriplegic due to a rare disease to his ongoing recovery through swimming and physical rehabilitation. Barry now presents his gifts to others as host of The Joy of Living. All you need to do is tune in. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Fullick. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you or someone you know interested in attending college? With both college tuition and college enrollment up 60% since 2002, there is a lot of competition, and careful planning needs to be a part of the process. Tune in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation, hosted by Elizabeth Heaton and featuring a team of college coach experts. We'll bring you the tips, techniques, and know-how to navigate the road to college and do so the smart way. Listen live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back with Dr. Neil Barnard who is president of the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, a faculty member of George Washington University School of Medicine, and a fellow of the American College of Cardiology. And he's very well known for founding Barnard Medical Center in Washington, which created a new model that integrates nutrition into conventional medical care. He federally, his federally funded diabetes research revolutionized the nutritional approach to type 2 diabetes, which is what we're going to talk about next. He has written 19 books on nutrition and health and is a best-selling New York Times best-selling author. And his brand new book is Your Body in Balance, The New Science of Food, Hormones, and Health, along with Recipes. Welcome back, Dr. Barnard. Okay, let's get into type 2 diabetes. Uh, as we said, you have funded research for um, to revolutionize these nutritional approaches. So let's talk about it. 
Yes. Uh, just so the people know what we're talking about, diabetes means there's too much sugar in your blood. And the reason for this might be surprising to people. Um, insulin is made in your pancreas, which is right behind your belly button, and the insulin comes out of the pancreas. It goes through the bloodstream to the cells of the body where it acts like a key. It, and what it does, when insulin arrives at the surface of the cell, it opens that cell membrane to let the sugar come into the cell, and the sugar powers the cell. So sugar is good as long as it can get out of the blood into the cell to energize it. And so in type 2 diabetes, it begins when fat, fat fatty foods that you eat, um, contribute fat that gets into the bloodstream and then gets into the cell. And as the cell fills with fat particles, the insulin can't get it open anymore. It's kind of like if somebody put some chewing gum in your front door lock, your key wouldn't open it anymore. There's nothing wrong with your key, but the lock is all jammed up with gum. Well, you don't have gum in your cells. What you have is fat. And the fat comes from from beef fat or chicken fat or pork fat or, or frankly, fryer grease, vegetable oils, any kind of grease, it can get inside the cells and that stops insulin from working. And if the insulin can't work, then your blood sugar rises and that is type 2 diabetes. Now, Why is it so common? Because we just were eating too much sugar? No, 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 because we're eating too much fat. Um, people are, if you look at, at how much cheese people are eating, back in 1909, the average person didn't eat they couldn't even eat four pounds a year. Today, your average American is eating 35, 36 pounds of cheese every year. Um, and so the fat in it gets into the cells of the body, and that causes the cells to resist insulin, so your blood sugar rises. So then at that point, if you eat sugar, the sugar will rise in your blood because the cell is filled with fat, and the, sh- the sugar can't get out of the blood into the cell. But that's not the cause. The cause of it is fat in the cell. So our research team was funded by NIH, back in 2003, to test a completely different diet for type 2 diabetes. It was no animal products, and we kept oils very low. And as you can imagine, that drains the fat out of the cells. And so insulin starts working again. And that raised the possibility for people to not only improve, but perhaps even to get rid of this disease. And now many people all over the world are using this approach. So if someone listening to this has type 2 diabetes, try this same diet that I'm describing no animal products at all, and keep oils really, really to a minimum and see if your diabetes doesn't improve. For many people, it does. So again, it's simple. I mean, it's, it, it's simple in direction. It's not easy to get off of foods that you love. <laughs> so, Well, it, um, it takes a little doing, but it's easier than quitting smoking. And I'll tell you something. In the course of doing this work, we, we tried the same diet at GEICO, the car insurance company. Um, wow. Only because they had a large group of employees. Some of them had diabetes. Some of them were overweight. And what we found in impl- implementing this diet program at GEICO is that people not only got healthier, but their moods improved. And what we think is happening is that this same diet also changes the gut, the, the microbiome in the gut, so that uh, it was feeding back to the brain in a healthier way. So their moods improve too. So if anybody's got depression or anxiety, take it seriously. But what we discovered is that both depression and anxiety seem to improve when people change their diets. So, Dr. Barnard, what would you say if someone heard this and they went, oh, my God, he's asking me to do too much. How could you start? I mean, you're not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? So what could you, what's the easiest way to start in terms of giving up something to move toward this way of eating? I would take it in two steps. The first step is just take a week. 
And during that week, try out foods that have no animal products in them and see which ones you like the best. So let's, let's say it's oatmeal for breakfast or cornflakes with almond milk instead of cow's milk or uh, instead of a meat taco, it's the bean burrito or, um, or whatever it is. You're going to the sushi bar. Have the, the vegetable sushi instead of the fish sushi. Take a week and see which plant-based foods you like the most and write them down. Then after, after a week, you'll have a big list. Now take three weeks. And during this three-week period, do it. Try a vegan diet and keep oils low. So uh, eat the. F- it's it's not hard now because it's only three weeks, and you've already tested the foods. So you made a list of the ones you like. So all you do is eat those foods. So okay, start my day with oatmeal, have a bean burrito for lunch, or whatever it is, and do it. After three weeks, you'll f- feel physically healthier, but also your tastes will have changed toward more healthy foods. Right. And it's a great, great experience. Yeah, I have found that if I've gotten off of something for two weeks and I go back, it's very different. Right. It does. It yep. really does help. Amazing. All right. So in the couple minutes we have left, what are your closing thoughts? What do you want to leave our, our listeners with? Your message for your newest book, Your Body and Balance, The New Science of Food, Hormones and Health. What's the takeaway? The, the takeaway is that I hope people will learn this completely new way of thinking about food. Up until now, we thought, I eat unhealthy foods, I get heavy, or my cholesterol goes up. What I'd like to suggest is something a little more sophisticated. When I eat certain foods, my hormones can get back into balance, and that will allow me to lose weight more easily, to get my energy back, to get my diabetes under control, maybe even to get rid of it. If I've got menstrual cramps or fertility issues or endometriosis or PCOS, all of these things can be changed depending on what you eat. Give it a try. But the most important thing I have to say is I hope people will change their diets, not just for themselves, but for their family members too. Um, serve healthful foods for, for others that you love because it's not going to just change your life. It'll change theirs too. Thank you so much for being on the program. It was, it was really special. Thank you. And again, tell people how they can get your book. Oh, well, thank you. Um, you'll find more information at our website, which is pcrm.org. That stands for Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, pcrm.org. Or if you go on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or Target, uh, you'll find the, your body and balances online uh, on their book ordering uh, platforms. Or if you have a surviving uh, bookstore in your neighborhood, they'd love your business, I'm sure. Thank you so much. Stay on the line for a second. Thank you so much, Dr. Barnard. All right, folks, that wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. If you'd like a copy of my newsletter, write to me, Patricia, at patriciaraskin.com, or you can find me on Facebook and like me, Patricia Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources, or if you'd love to create your own podcast program, which is what I do every week, I'd love to help you. It's one of the things I do to help other people get their messages out. Again, stay healthy and happy, and until next week, have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.